This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! Welcome to a Men in Blazers pod special. Jurgen Klopp. He's one of the most singularly intriguing characters in the modern game. An exuberant, driven, tactically intelligent change maker with an overload of enthusiasm that makes Jim Harbaugh look like a wallflower. A serial managerial monogamist, the giant German spent seven years transforming tiny mites into a Bundesliga fixture and seven more restoring a wobbling Dortmund into a buccaneering, gagan-pressing European force. Last October... He selected the Premier League and Liverpool Football Club as his next project. A team that were once the gold standard, routinely winning league titles and European Cups as if by divine right, but who have not topped the table in the Premier League era. The combination of Klopp's astute exuberance with the yearning of Liverpool's passionate global fan base seems a perfect match. And as the season winds down, I travelled to Liverpool to make a documentary film which will air on NBCSN next week. Here's a taste as I sat down with the Liverpool manager to uncover the secrets of his leadership strategies, hear how he learnt them and go inside the mind of Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp, this season, one of the sights I've enjoyed the most It's not a goal, it's not a save, it's the sight of you on the sideline when Liverpool have scored in full-throated, unbridled joy. What goes through your mind in those seconds? Is it the the thrill of a fan or is it a manager who's seen something that he's worked hard on the training ground pay off on the field? Oh, I've not a real idea about about going through my mind when I watch it afterwards I think it looks like nothing. <laughs> um, actually, and, and most of the time, I'm a, a cool guy, to be honest. I'm not too easy. Um, I'm not getting angry very quick. Um, yeah, so I'm always on a, more on the positive side. But during a game, it's something, something happens with the first whistle. I'm not too sure what, but everything is different in this moment. So I'm, I'm smart enough to know that there are a lot of, nearly everything is more important than football, but not for me in this 90 minutes, so, or in England, 97 because they live love over time <laughs> during these 97 minutes. And um, I'm involved. However, um, I try to push. I'm like the, 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 the petrol station, uh, like the engine. If um, somebody's tired, I try to, to push a little bit and to give a few information. But it looks really crazy, I know. It's a transformation that comes over you. You turn into like an air guitar here. <laughs> and when I see you smash your spectacles while celebrating in a moment of victory against Norwich City, Every Liverpool fan I know, every Dortmund fan that I I know, talking about your time there before that, we see a man who loves football. Your love for the game goes back to your earliest days in Stuttgart, in the Black (laughs) Forest. You started your career off as a part-time player. You worked in a video rental store. You loaded trucks, but then you found a home with Mainz in the German second division. I read that you were a passionate, if not skill-blessed striker <laughs> Thank and you. defender. You once said, I had the talent for the fifth division 
and the mind for the Bundesliga. The result was a career in the second division. Was it as a player that you realised that what you lacked in skill you could make up for with passion and tactics? I don't know. I was, I was really, really quick for a... For a um, Six foot four or something. You big man. Yeah, and was pretty quick and a good header <laughs> and a, a big heart. I was always something like a leader in the team, a little bit of pusher. Even then, the already then there was the, the emotional part of the game, a little bit more angry than other players. I didn't enjoy my game too much, to be honest. <laughs> and I, I thought a lot of times I should do something serious um, because it was not too good paid. In Mainz, uh, it, um, it was uh, most of the time at the 20th of each month. It was um, something like uh, became difficult, <laughs> but I loved it too much to, to to stop it. It was again, it was not a real, it was yeah, not a smarter thing to do it so at that long, um, because I could have had something like a career in different parts of life. So, but then, yeah, obviously I did the right thing because. Um, that gave me the opportunity to, to become a manager. That's what I always wanted. Age 33, you made that transition from player into management. But Mainz, you, you worked wonders. You dragged a tiny club with a smaller stadium and tiny budget into the Bundesliga. Built hailed you as the Harry Potter <laughs> of German football because of your spectacles and the magic they alleged that you dispensed. The yeah, 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 there's a good yeah, one. Right. Glasses, yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. But the, st the club was left with a new stadium, bigger budget, a vibrant youth academy. You left Mainz, a club transformed. After seven years, you moved with your assistants, Peter Kravitz, Jelko Buvac. Yeah. They've remained with you to this day at Liverpool, but you're headed to Dortmund. You achieved a lot at Dortmund over the course of the seven years. League titles, the German Cup, the Super Cup, a darling run to the Champions League final. Can you describe for us the moment that you knew you had to leave, that the transformational time at Dortmund for you was done? First of all, nobody was more, more, more surprised than, than ourselves that we could win the league, to be honest, in 2011. We were really shocked, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was um, a good party afterwards. The moment when I recognized, yeah, I was seven and a half years in, in, in Mainz, and I don't know when it, I, 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 I realized uh, I want to do something else. It's not about the league, it's not about the city. I love the city, I live there, had a wonderful life, um, friends, everything. So it was not to leave the place. It was more to find another challenge. And um, in Dortmund, at the same moment, I, I thought, and it was not about because the last season was not, not too successful. I'm not that guy. I don't need to win more often always than all the other people around. I know they do their work too, very hard. And yeah, it was wonderful. Um, and I had a brilliant time. I enjoyed each second. But I think it's better for all of us yeah, to split. And uh, that's what we did. And so when I come back now, I can go back to Mainz, meet friends. I can go back to Dortmund, meet friends, and hopefully sometime when I come back to Liverpool, I will meet friends. So that's the best thing what you can say about life, I would say. You took a year off. And in October <laughs> <I tried> to. <laughs> 2015, you made the decision to come to Liverpool and become the club's 21st manager in its 124-year existence. Liverpool is a club with an immense history. But there's very few fans who'd even consider 
they could make the case that the club is a continental superpower right now. What did you look at when you saw this club before you came here? And how did you make the decision to say, this club, Liverpool, is going to be the next project for me? <laughs> First of all, I really, um, my idea was really to, to make one year break. Okay, that's the 100% truth. The only club I, I finished my holiday early was Liverpool FC. First call, my agent called me and said, okay, Liverpool is, um, is interested. And then I knew I don't have to ask my wife, I don't have to ask um, my two colleagues. It was clear. It was, it was a feeling. It was. Um, Describe it, Jürgen. I can't. It's because I love football and I love the way Liverpool loves football. And I, I love the way how all the Liverpoolians live football, the history around, the, the special commitment of all the people around. And it's in, Liverpool was even in Germany a big, big thing to talk about. I, I never, it's not that I watched 500 Liverpool games in, with this scarf in front of television and, and, and something like this. I really followed the way and it's again more about emotion. I cannot explain it 100%, but it's... When we came here um, for a friendly game with Dortmund, I think one and a half year ago, I don't know, I felt something special, but it's not, a, I can't, they were on a good run, they, they beat us 5-0, I think, in this game, in a, in, a, in a preseason game, and it's not that I thought, okay, hopefully they will sack Brenton or something and ask me, it's not about this, you cannot plan things like this, football is, you, you are to, today you are the best manager for the whole world, and next day everybody thinks you have absolutely no idea about football, so you cannot plan, but I was, it was always clear, if there will be um, something like, opportunity, yeah, then I would think about it. It's a remarkable city. I mean, yeah. it's a maverick city filled with outsiders, not unlike yourself. <laughs> At the same time, when I grew up here, it always wanted to seed off and become a republic of its own. Get away from England, become <laughs> the Republic of Liverpool. If you win the league, you could be the king of that republic, <laughs> Jürgen. But I'm interested, Liverpool's also a hard place to crack occasionally. Managers of Everton and Liverpool have come, stayed for a long time and not felt like they are really of the city. You've been here for months and you're already giving it bifters. I mean, you really feel like you understand the emotional pulse of this city. What is the emotional pulse of Liverpool and how did you understand it so quickly? Dortmund was a perfect preparation for Liverpool, I would say. that It's a, it's a working uh, city and if I thought about the weather before I came here, I would not go to Liverpool and we only thought about about the football club and um, yeah, and then we came here and we, we recognized um, yeah, the people are, are really really nice and great people and so it's really very very easy to work for these people and I think it's absolutely normal that um, after this long time with success and this long break and long lack of success. It's normal that the people are still passionate, but it's that they lose patience, and that's what, they, what, what happened here. Your first game, a goalless draw against Tottenham, the lasting memory of that game at the final whistle, you giving out hugs like a giant <laughs> Teutonic Care Bear. There was a hug for Sinclair, a hug for Lalana, a kiss and a slap for Ibe. I look at those hugs, I've got to be honest, Jurgen, I want one. It's the closest those guys will ever get to going back to the womb. You've got a reputation as a motivation master and a man manager. And in a short time, what you've done here with players like Adam Lallana, Roberto Firmino, Dejan Lovren, Divock Origi and Joe <laughs> Allen, you've transformed their careers. How do you motivate a modern footballer? They've got so much money, 
so many endorsements, so many Twitter followers. How do you make them think about what you want from them, not just as an individual, but as a collective? What's the secret? That's no secret. How can that be a secret? Um, Come on, there no, is. No, 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 that's not. Um, that's easy. I think it's easy. It's around um, creating an atmosphere where everybody feels really good, first of all. And then um, it's um, all about, you only have to, to look inside yourself what you like and what let you be confident. And that's, um, it's the, 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 the positive or sometimes the critical feedback from a person which is important for you. So you work for television, if, if, if you have the next um, day, the, I don't know the numbers of, of, of viewers and you see it, I don't know, what's your average? Um, About 12 or 13, Jürgen. Million? Uh, no, 12 or 13. 12. Total. <laughs> Funny. Uh, yeah. So that's good. So then you are quite confident person, yeah. Um, no, but that's that's how it is, and then um, you, you only have to give, to, to give the right feedback and create an atmosphere, and, and to not to always talk about things that didn't work. And the most important thing, these players are good. I don't have to make them something special. Adam Lalana, I knew him before I came here. I saw him playing in Southampton. He's a brilliant player. And I didn't care a second about what happened when he came here. Yeah, there was injured and it's it's not so easy to start. I saw Dejan Lovren playing before he before he came here and I knew he's brilliant. Devo Gorigi when he was 17, everybody knew he's the biggest striker talent in the world. He played for the Belgium national team. And Joe Allen, I, I knew him from Swansea. I, I watched football much longer than I'm here. So um, I knew all this. So it's not that I, that I think, okay, you, are, you can't play football, but believe me, I can make you a world star. That's not how it is. But these players are really skilled. And let's show, if we, we, we all can fail. We all can make mistakes. It's, all, it's, only, um, it's, it's not important. It's only how you handle it, how you react. It's not just the players you've wooed. The English media, they are fascinated by you. Your press conferences, they're warm, they're self-deprecating, they're comedic, occasionally potty-mouthed, always passionate. You declared your team to be the biggest rubbish ever after out-shooting Norwich. We need to score goals and not concede, you said, of your game plan before crushing Manchester <laughs> City. One German journalist who's watched you, he said you have an ability to mesmerise people. If Klopp had started a political party, they would have voted him into government immediately. What is the secret to communicating <laughs> with the English press? Because every manager no, that, that's, in that's, England that's wants the to easiest, know. That's yeah, but that's the easiest thing. I don't care. I, I know press conference is an important part. And I give all the information that I can give. So that's, that's all. If I like the question, I give a good answer. If I don't like the question, I give a bad answer. That's how it is. It's an easy game. And I don't care a second before and not a second after. It's not about saying what they want to hear. It's not about being funny because of being funny. If I have the possibility to enjoy uh, the things I do, I do. And, and press conferences are a break of the serious things I have to do all day. I need to work really a lot, but interviews and press conferences are not work. They are only, I have to do it, so I do it. We're all grateful for it, believe me. We've got to talk about the Dortmund game. <laughs> what a night. In the medieval ages, ballads would be written about that victory. You're 2-0 down against your old mob, you're having your pants pulled down, spanking with the whole German sporting public watching. And what amazed me about you is that you didn't back down. Lesser people, me, would have just hidden away, tried to get out of the stadium. You stood in your technical area, proud, defiant, urging your team on. Where does that sense of optimism and just courage come from? 
How is that? I had bigger defeats than this. It's, uh, there are more important things in life than a play game against Dortmund. So, and I have no problem. I have to, I have to learn. I was not too happy with conceding in the, okay, in the first nine minutes two, two goals. That was, I was not too happy with this. And I knew everything can happen now. You can lose against a quality side like Dortmund. You can lose 6 7 -0. That's no problem. They can do it. So, but I, it's not, these 90 minutes are not the time to, to think about this. I saw us playing then like we wanted to play. We created more chances against Dortmund than 100% of all teams, Bayern Munich included, all Porto, all um, Tottenham, in the last 20 games together. So we really knew how to play them and we did it, but it was still 2-0 at halftime. And that was the reason why we came in the dressing room and we, we were really cool and said what we said. And not because we thought, um, okay, we have to, to push them. It was the truth. It was easy to see. We are in a good way. Yes, we conceded two goals, right. But we created a lot of chances. That's another truth. And if we do this again, we can change the game. And it's not sure that we will win the game, but it's not important in this moment. It's only important that we try everything. For it and yeah, that was quite a, a really a cool atmosphere in the dressing room. And obviously, uh, the, the, the players started um, not feeling the pressure, being two 0 down. But they played their best football, and the problems for Dortmund became bigger and bigger. In the end, with a big portion of luck, with the last goal, we could win the game. The fact that the victory came on the eve of the 27th anniversary of the Hillsborough tragedy made it all the more poignant. It would soon be followed by the 4-0 defenestration of Everton in the derby, which was like watching a big cat toy with a mouse, a very <laughs> athletically challenged mouse. There have been some erratic results this year, the losses to Newcastle and to Southampton. What did you learn the most from? The good performances or the bad performances? I analyse, we analyse games always um, apart from the result. So the result is only important for the table. The, the performance is important for the development. So we always put off, cut the goals and then we watch the game. And, and so we could learn of all these games, but we could not ignore our situation. Nobody want to hear explanations when they sound like excuses. So we had a lot of injuries before we came here. We had injuries and that's how it is. When the season starts with this, then you, you stay always in this circle because another player comes back. He's healthy meanwhile, but not fit. So he has to play too often because another player is out there. And that was a circle. It was not too easy coming out. And I, I have no idea, to be honest, with the Newcastle game away. It was for sure not our best game. We had a problem with the start in this time. In this time, we had a few games in a row where the start in the game was not too good. We developed this. We had a few games with set pieces in this season. So we solved this problem. In your interview for the Dortmund job, you were clear to the board. You said it takes a long time for a great young team. It can't be created overnight. How long will it take at Liverpool before you have a squad that is true Jurgen Klopp grade, physically, mentally, tactically and talent-wise? I have no idea. I have no idea. That I, there's no, there's no um, time schedule where it's in a done, 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 and now we are. And so, but I, I think and I see we are, on a, we are on a really good way, on a really good way. And um, these players all developed 
great, especially as a team. The development is really easy to see and I, I enjoy the work with them together. So we've, we will see how long it takes. We have to develop our, our, our game, our style, everything. We have to create one of the most special atmosphere in world football that's possible at Liverpool. That we enjoy the game um, not because, or that the atmosphere is not because of the opponent. When Man United is in, it's pretty easy with outstanding performance. We need performances like this. I don't want to say the wrong thing about the club, but if you play against, I don't know, Tramje <laughs> or, the, or Huddersfield, uh, it's a, that, that's, that's important that we, that we want to celebrate our performance and not because the other team is a big team. So that's how we, we, could improve, we can improve a lot of things and um, that's what we try. And the nice thing is, when you are successful and we're still together, when you're successful in three years, then you can, in five years, you can look back and think the first two years were really important. But you want to be successful, maximum successful in the next year. Then you have one year full of pressure, full of uh, you, you play draw and it's a catastrophe and things like this. So cool down. Everybody can believe me. I'm ambitious to the highest level. I'm really ready for everything. But I know it's work and work needs time. And Time can be a week, can be a month, can be a year, can be two years. If we still stay really together and, and try to go this way together, then it's a bright future for Liverpool. Last question for you. Jürgen, one of the things I most admire about you, you seem to have an almost infinite reservoir of optimism <laughs> and joy. The football world, it's a hard, cynical place. What's your secret? I believe in God. It's very easy. I believe in God and my only job is to, to, um, to do my best in life, to, to care for my family, to care for the people I feel responsible for. So my only pressure is to be a good human being. I have no other pressure. Um, that's quite easy. And to leave every place that you've been at better after you leave than it was before? If possible, very. Yeah, I like to do this, yes. You're a beautiful man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.